been down so long, it's a must I win. Hold my place like cast iron, won't break, won't bend. Stuck them racks in the all black Camuto bag. Louis B. Drake, Dover Starch, Bowman Pants. Welcome to episode 51 of the First Rounders. Coach K, the last dime. This your boy, B. Willingham, a.k.a. Cherokee Parks. Um, I see that last dime reference, so I had to, had to add that in. What's up, everybody? This is Ronaldo, a.k.a. King Leon. What it do, my peoples? Good, everybody. This is your boy, The Real Reggie, a.k.a. Young Clifton. Excited to be back for another episode, and... As all as always, well, at least for like the last few weeks, we are we are without specialist rivers, but I'm happy to say that this will be the last week for everybody who's been waiting for bated breath for specialist rivers to come back. He is expected to be back next week. He'll be finishing his leadership training then. And yeah, like I said, I definitely know that we're we're definitely gonna be be ready for him though, but so other than that, though, we still, well, we still got a fourth, fourth member, though, around there, baby. We came with a special guest for this occasion. Yes. Do you want to introduce them? Good, oh, to good, be Willingham. Ah, yes. Oh, get it back to Olaf Hall right here, man. It's all the southern boy, Dane, man. Dane Browner. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Really happy to, uh, happy to be here with you boys. I am uh, Dane, aka D Ref college and high school basketball referee here to give a little perspective excited to be here though appreciate it okay welcome bro welcome welcome man welcome 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 welcome. it's always good to have another eagle on (laughs) not the one that uh, plays at turner field I talk about this college basketball right now. We had um, it was a crazy weekend. Like almost all the top ten teams, um, they pretty much lost, lost this this um weekend. Um, and that's like the first time that um, that the top ten, the top six teams lost in a single day. Uh, Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's. Arizona lost to Colorado. Auburn lost to Tennessee. Purdue they lost to Michigan State. Kansas lost to Baylor, and uh, Kentucky lost to Arkansas, and also number nine Texas Tech, they uh they lost to TCU, in which yesterday TCU beat Kansas, so and then <laughs> and then punk ass Wisconsin beat Purdue at the last second uh, yesterday, well on Tuesday, so that's been a crazy. Welcome game. to March, right? So. It's it's March right now, so it's shit's heating up. And as of right now, I've checked on bracketology from yesterday. They got or um they got Gonzaga as the top overall seed. And the first team um out is Loyola Chicago, and the last team is Rutgers. And the last four buys are Creighton, San Francisco, Wake Forest, and Michigan. And last four in is is um I ain't got this wrong. Well, Memphis, San Diego State, Indiana, and um, and Rutgers. I'm sorry. So, um, sister, sister Jean is with um, Layla, Layla, Yolo, Yolo, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's her. Yep, 
Yeah, sure is. <laughs> I, I'm trying to try, I'm gonna try to make sure because like you know she's still she's still doing things. So knocking on wood, I ain't saying nothing to you know be nothing happened. But hey, yeah, you know that's that it's it's cool to have that kind of face that kind of that got me wanting to follow late uh late Lola. Can't even say the name like right. Yeah, but I wanted to follow that same living. Yeah, Loyola. I said it's like I said, it's heating up right now, and um, got a big game coming up this weekend. We'll talk about talk about that in a little bit, but um, but yeah, so far like the number one seeds are um, right now it's like Can um Gonzaga, well, it was Kansas, it was Kansas from yesterday. Um, they had a yesterday, but I think it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be Duke, probably gonna be switched in the number number one seed. Baylor after beating them. After being Kansas this past weekend, they moved up in Arizona, which surprisingly is like the biggest shocker to me because I thought them boys were sorry. Them boys were gonna be sorry because they had like they, well they got the guns. That guy's old assistant, and I think they just came off of um some sanctions. I think they had a postseason ban last year because of the the shit that Sean Miller was doing up in uh, Arizona. So mm-hmm. it's good to see them. Like it's kind of being back relevant. Yeah, Arizona. I think Arizona might be your biggest surprise. Right. You know, to put my, you know, two cents in it. Like I said, man, potential. They could be potential number one seed, man. It's like, shoot. They could be, but. Where that come from? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Kansas, Kansas sitting in that Midwest region, though, unless they fall this weekend to UT on Saturday, it's hard to move Duke into that Midwest region ahead of Kansas. So it seems like Duke's probably still a lot for that East two seed. Yeah. I think with that, I think, I know Duke, they definitely got to win the eight. I think if they can win the ACC, yeah, that's the thing. The ACC is so, ACC is so trash this year. Like, yeah, it's I mean, just bad. For- the projection on the ACC is five is only five teams. Yeah, right. You got Duke, North, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Miami, and UNC. At, I mean, yeah, you you match that with the, the Big Ten, where you're looking at eight teams, or hell, even the Big East, where you're looking at seven teams. I mean, yeah. ACC. How much how much do you give Duke when Duke still has to win this weekend? Just to win the outright outright regular season ACC title. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm a Duke guy. Uh, I've been following Duke basketball since I was in the third grade. I was at Cameron earlier this year, but one seed, nah, bro. I we I, not even deserving of it. Oh dang, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a realist. I'll keep it real. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm keeping the funky out here. I'm, I'm, I'm about that's to say, up. man. That, that's that's that's, that's, a, you know, that's those are fans I like too. I like the type of fans I like. Look. I could love my team, but shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I can't wear rose painted lenses or whatever. And, you know, and go about my day if we're looking bad or we're not looking to what people might be expecting us to be, you know, be a realist with it. So I'm with you on that one day. Yeah. I cut, I cuss them out uh, every, every game. Don't worry about it. it. Regardless of that 30 point Pittsburgh win, you know, there was, there was still, there was still work to be done there. Oh, yeah. Hey, but y'all, hey, I'll give y'all something. Y'all, y'all definitely proved a whole lot from last year, man. Like, like I don't know what that was from last year. Y'all, y'all did last year, but I think what's name? He kind of, I don't know what. Jalen Johnson, he played with the Hawks. He kind of, he seemed like he kind of quit on y'all, but 
No, there was no kind of about it. Johnson. Did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hear all the noise he's making this year, right? Yeah, yeah, just like um, hey, hey, I'm, I'm a Hulk fan, man. He, yeah, you, you look at my expression. You see my expression right now. Oh uh, man, when that's, they a whole nother, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> what an awful draft pick that was. I agree, but I mean. Don't worry, he's appeared in uh, 15 games this year, and he's averaging 1.9 points. Oh, must be with a whole slap blow. 1.9. 1.9. Not even two. Damn, what a bust. Yeah. But I just – I give it to him now. It's his first year. So, I mean, you know, he might he might turn, turn around next year. So. Dude, it's attitude. I mean, he straight up just, like, wouldn't play and – Thought he was hot shit at Duke and Coach K said bye, right? And I, I mean, that was part of the problem. That team was built around him being a superstar and mm-hmm. attracting a bunch of attention, right? Like there wasn't there wasn't a bunch of other guys. There wasn't a there wasn't a, a John Shire and Austin Rivers that are gonna shoot the lights out, right? Like yeah, he was supposed to command a bunch of attention like Zion did, and that's what made Cam Reddish flourish at Duke, right? Or any of those guys because they could shoot because everybody was collapsing inside, right? When you got, you had Zion clogging up the middle. I mean, uh, it's, it's just bad. I, I, I could go on all night about that, but. And now, and now Zion is clogging his arteries. I mean, dude is huge. That first time I saw that Mountain Dew commercial, I just said, damn. Man, man, what? That's gonna put everything in perspective, man. I mean, this. I mean, for, for those of us, I mean, for those of y'all who are getting on us for going hard as hard as Zion, Zion, you know, a couple of podcasts ago, watch that Mountain Dew commercial and 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 see, you know, if if, if we if we were the ones that were out of balance for it. Hey, they they didn't do him any favors. Like they started that camera angle from the bottom <laughs> and like went up. Can we at least right. take an overhead look? I mean, right. it was they like you're oh. right, man. They could they could have saved him with some good camera edits and some good like way yeah. to, to to like put the frame on him. Yeah, they could have been saving him good. Yeah, but you know, I heard three Twinkies in his voice when he was talking. Like I could I could oh. I could hear them Twinkies sitting in the bottom. Like his voice, like. It even sounded different on a commercial, like, and he hasn't been in a lot of interviews and stuff, obviously, this year with him sitting out. But, I mean, you could hear it in his voice. Dude sounds freaking huge. I'm I'm telling you, there's three Twinkies stuck right right about in that lower jaw somewhere. Between the back molars, between the back molars and the cheek? Hey, something. He needs to use one of them rib bones. I know we got Hey, he's in New Orleans. Y'all know he's eating. Y'all know he's getting that plate of yeah, uh, jambalaya. He's getting those you know, he's getting that boys. Yeah, he's getting them poor boys like for, for breakfast. Right. <laughs> when the beignets? Yeah. Yep. All bad. Yeah, and I thought he was going to be me something, but I mean, maybe he just, I don't know, maybe trying to do the James Harden, maybe trying to gain weight so he can get traded. I don't know. The, the we, said it, we said it before, man. The comparisons of him and Greg Oden and games played, it's so bad. 
Okay. Hey, like I said, I wanted the Hawks to draft him. I, I'm not ashamed to say it, man. Back then, I was like, I was like, shoot, man. Like I said, let, let, let the Hawks lose these games so we can so we can get this march to Zion. Right. You know, hashtag going. Well, Boy, we see. I'm, I feel like Zion could probably win. Zion probably would have been straight with the um with the with the Hawks. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, him and, um, him and Trey Young, they would have been. Yeah, he wouldn't been looking like he looked now. He just, you know, this is this is all detriment to the team, man. The Pelicans are just doing a horrible job with yeah. their asset at the moment. That's all I can say. Like they oh, picked him, hey, and they're hey, not doing no, a good job. I know there's a lot of food places in the A, man. I don't know. I don't yeah. know, man. Hey, hey, hey! Like they, like they said, man, a lot, a lot of it is, a lot of it is, you know, attitude and do you want to be great, man? That, that's always the difference between somebody who has supreme God-given talent and and somebody who might not be anywhere as talented, but who's willing to do the working, who's willing to be the first ones in their practice facility and the last ones to leave. People keep forgetting, man. That's what made Jordan Jordan. Jordan was both supremely talented. And he was willing to be the first one and the last one to go. Yeah, this really, this really meant you. And like you and and like you said about Jalen Johnson, Dane. That's one thing that we haven't seen with him, and I, we haven't seen it with you know Zion either. Zion hasn't shown that he's willing to be great. He hasn't shown that you know he's willing to to you know get his cardio up because you know when he actually came in in shape that draft year, he he looked like a legitimate basketball player. Now. Man looks like he man looks like he should be taking, you know, Jake Matthews' job at the Falcons. Oh, or, or, or be the starting left tackle for the New Orleans Saints, man, <laughs> and, and not the damn starting you know, small four. So what are we doing out here? I mean, that Pelicans roster really at this point with the pickup of CJ uh, McCollum, it's not a bad roster. You oh, still, it is. You still it got is. Brandon, Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes down at center, Devontae Graham at the point. Um, to be in the backcourt with uh, with CJ, like you got a solid freaking team to begin with. You got some good dudes coming off the bench, and it, it kills me to see them doing this to Willie. Uh, Willie Green's a good dude. Like that okay, needs a head mm-hmm. coach. Like, yeah. that, that, that hurts, right? And, and I know we, we're we're moving in, into the NBA here and off off uh, off college, but like, yeah, that's a lot of talent there. It is. That's very good. Like I said, that, that's not a bad roster at all. It's not. Hey, 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 they, they should at least be, you know, a 10, a 10 seed playing in the play-in game. Yeah. No, they are trying to get, they trying their best to get either um the kid from Auburn or the guy from Gonzaga or um or a boy from Duke. That's what they that's what it's, it's like they're like trying to do. Yeah, the first segment, man. I said, shoot, man. But how do y'all see it? But how how do y'all see the tournament shaping up so far since we're what one week away from selection Sunday? The way the way this weekend played out, man, anything can down win. you know what? Arkansas is is starting to become good. The Razorbacks, they beat Kentucky. I mean, like I said, Eric Musselman is that head coach. He had like the prior. NBA experience. Uh, I think they doing gonna do something. Hell, even Memphis, even now Memphis might they might start making some boys they get in. But I mean, like I said, any team shoot um Murray State. Uh, I like what they doing right now. So that's a good team. Um, I'm trying to see what. Like I said, I had Auburn, but 
um that guards is like kind of question question me now. Like I know they got they got Jabari. So y'all don't y'all don't y'all don't see Gonzaga like being like the clear favorite. I gotta see them win a championship. I'm sorry. It happened it happened in 2017 against Carolina, then it happened last year. Last year I was I was I was for certain it was gonna win. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, but, but but Baylor had other plans though, and right. not only did they have other plans, Baylor absolutely smoked them oh, in the championship they. game. That's just it though. Like we talk about Gonzaga the same way every year. They run through the WCC, but like what St. Mary's did the other night, like it wasn't anything flashy. It wasn't it at all. The breaks off those boys. I, I watched probably seventy five percent of that game, That's and it was just. Timmy got taken out of the game, yeah, right? Like, that's all I'm about to say. He got, to, he got taken out of the game, too. He, he was – he, he didn't show up at all. So. That's the hard part, right? When you play in one of these leagues, like if you go to the Big 12 this year, man, the Big 12 is not doing itself any favors. Texas Tech is a good-ass team. They are tough as can be. But you look at running through the Big 12 when you got to go see Kansas, you got to go see Baylor, you got to go see Texas, and then you got someone like a TCU. TCU is a strong team. If they weren't in the Big 12, shoot, they could be really making some noise. But still, like, TCU is not a team you want to see. In the and, you know, and, you know, TCU got old pit coach Jamie Dixon as a, as a coach, so. We do. And he's out. Yeah, he's out. And he's always been a good coach. So Yeah. Like I said, he makes no as a pet. Like I said, oh, I, yeah, I, that name, yeah, yeah, that name definitely sort of ring bells. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how some of the seating works out, right? But my my dark horse in the tourney, it's Texas Tech. Them boys went undefeated at home, and I know you don't have any home games in the tourney, right? But the way that team's responding with a first-year head coach, and yeah, he's been an assistant there for a long time, but the way those boys play defense and shoot, that's a that's a tough team. I mean, I, and I, I just can't sleep on Baylor. The way that Baylor turns it on, like, it's not the Baylor team of last year where you were just like, them guards are some dogs, right? But top to bottom, freaking, what's the, flow thamba? Like that dude down in the center, like Baylor's solid too. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like I said, agree. I like um, Purdue got um. Yeah, Purdue I was like Purdue. Mm-hmm. I like the big seven foot four guy, that Zach um Zach Ivy. He pretty good, and that point guard, the guards are good too. So. Yeah, Jaden Ivy and uh, Zach Edie. Yeah, Edie. Yeah, I got I got their names whole mixed up. I mean, they're both they're both on the wooden watch list. Um, they're both. I mean, those guys. I don't know. There's something about them boys from the Midwest, right? That just they turn it on in the tournament, and you see those those big boys. It's not all about shooting, and they don't always get the the love on an ESPN because they do the dirty work, right? But when you see some of these rebounding numbers that these kids put up, add in some assists, it's not always about scoring 25, 30 points a game, especially not in college. I agree. Um, I guess since we're talking about college, we can go on and talk about um, 
we going to talk about Coach K's last last game, man. About how this last game is going to be like the L against uh, UNC. So, but I'm going to ask you some Uh-oh. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me uh, ask you this, um, Dane. You know who Trajan Langdon is? Yeah. All right. Well, you're a Duke fan. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I like messing with folk, man. Hey, yeah, yeah, I know you weren't no fan when um you were a fan way before they had like those one of down plays he's come there, like Jabari Parker, um Jaleel Okafor. Yeah. Who I thought was gonna be was gonna be doing something in the NBA, man. He just going from team I to did team too. Right now. I, I was fooled by the little look for as well. Pretty good. Reflect on that. And I think he's I think, actually gonna be be halfway decent. Yeah. Dude, it's funny you mentioned Jabari Parker. I was at, uh, I was actually at the Duke game uh, a couple weeks ago when they lost right at the buzzer to uh, Virginia, and uh, and I met uh, Jabari after the game down on the court, and I got a chance to to talk to him for a minute and say what's up. And I was like, "Damn, why is this dude here?" And then I forgot that he got cut again. And uh, yeah, it, it was crazy. The number two pick, man, like. Dang. Yeah, uh, just game just couldn't transition into the NBA. It happens to all these all these players, college players. Yeah, the this weekend's gonna be just it's just crazy. I was looking earlier today at uh at what tickets are going for on uh, on Ticketmaster and SeatGeek. The cheapest ticket that I could find on Ticketmaster, and you have to buy two after fees. Eighty-five hundred bucks for two tickets, and I mean it's Cameron, so there's not a bad seat in the house, but it ain't close. It's up high. That's the cheapest that I found. And that's on, like for both of them, or yeah. So so basically nine grand for for two tickets. Yeah, that's. And, I mean it's 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 gonna be a big deal, man. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a, 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 a spectacle there, man. Yeah, I think somebody actually put in our sports group that the that the average ticket price again when they did, I think they put it on early this week was about five grand, like the average. Again, oh, not the, not the most tickets, but the average cost is yep. five grand. So that sounds about right. Damn, and you know, and you it's know, so crazy if, hearing if that. Available, you know, if available, the stars are going to be there, and then like superstars are going to be out there to catch that game. Oh yeah, I mean Cameron's not a big facility, right? It's under ten thousand that it holds, like, and that's busting at the seams. I went to Duke, Carolina, two years ago, right before the pandemic, right as the pandemic started, really, uh, at Duke, and it was just, it was, it was crazy, and the star power of the folks that were there at the game and and everything. Like the names that they're throwing out that are going to be at the game this weekend, and obviously they got Coach K honors like crazy going on. But it's just, it's unbelievable. It, it's an amazing place to to see a college basketball game, without a doubt. It is. Uh, let me ask you this: Was uh, were you at the game when uh, Zion had um a shoe had broke had came off? <laughs> that was crazy, man. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't there for that one. But oh yeah. It was something. It was something else. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean to be honest, to be to be at that to be at that game would have been one of the coolest. Hell. And 
Do, do somebody got that shoe? Do, do, do somebody have that shoe? Like the exposure? Yeah, somebody took it. They, I think they went to try and get it back later because Nike, Nike probably paid somebody off because all of a sudden they stopped talking about it. Yeah, because I would put mm, this yeah. shit. I would put that shit on eBay and sold that. <laughs> I would have. I ain't gonna lie. Like I would have ran down there and grabbed that shit and ran it out. Yeah. <laughs> like somehow, somewhere, I probably would have got jumped by security. But hey, would have paid for them tickets. Would have paid for them tickets that you got that night. And for you know what I'm saying? Tickets. <laughs> And then, and then someone exactly because I would at least put up at least about 15,000 15, for them. Oh, that's on the cheap side. Nike gave yeah. more than that, right? <laughs> nah, it'll it'll be crazy though. I mean, and deservedly so, right? Coach K, it's uh, like you, you just can't say enough there, but I'll also be the realist to say that, like. It's time. Like Coach K, he doesn't he doesn't have that fire like he used to. Yeah, that's what we're, we're having with Roy too, man. I I don't know. I just hated how he just kind of he retired. I was hoping that he would have he would have like a farewell season like like Coach K did, but I think he just didn't like how college was how, how new college was going, and that might be the same with Coach K. But like I said, Coach K is definitely gonna be missed, and um. Like I said, just them him, uh, him and Roy just going there to you know Carolina Duke games, you know. Like I said, the game when they uh, when Zion shoe came off, and then the game when um when y'all played like 2012 in Austin Rivers, he did that shot, shot that three and end up uh BUNC. Yeah, I was I was not happy after that game, but and then that game like during the pandemic when old buddy they went to auto oh they went like. Overtime and dude that tipped it in was it was Wendell Moore, I think. It was that year when Cole Anthony was there and he was hurt and he ended up he ended up coming back playing. But yeah, like I said, there's been some good, some good guys, some good memories with him. Not even like dude basketball, you know, with uh with Team USA, made Team USA. That's, what, that's exactly what I was about to say for me, man. I mean, yeah. um, Coach K got mm-hmm. on to me with the USA team. Like, okay, cool. Like, cause I didn't follow college basketball as much then as I do now. But I got Cody Cage face because, you know, he did the USA team. So like, oh shit. Like, you know, cause I kind of consider that like, yo, you're going to coach all these superstars? Like, all right, cool. And actually like, it's not like an all-star game, but it's a real deal game. So that was cool to be able to see him be able to coach a superstar like that in the NBA. Well, you saw the respect too, though, which was okay. good. I was just about to say, man. And in fact, Ronaldo, hey, this is right up your alley. Let's play what if right quick. Because don't forget, don't forget, if Kobe Kobe wouldn't have gone to the league, he would have went to Duke. I forget about that. Kobe was going to go to Duke if he didn't go to the league. So, you know, one of the biggest proponents for Coach K, you know, on that, on that, you know, team, I think probably one of the reasons that Kobe Eventually, you know, played the team you were saying was because Coach K eventually, you know, became became the coach. And then and, and Team USA, you know, was we'll starting, you know, get their shit together. See, that's fine. Like, hey, that's a dope, that's a dope story to have right there. Like, yeah, yeah respect, like, like you like, said, man. Hey, if Mamba respect you, it would have been Ooh, the number yeah. one pick in um was it like he came out in 90, 1996. 96, like, yeah. We've been like 97. 
And that would have been the same year. When that the year AI was that would have been that. No, that was AI was 96. AI was 96 too, wasn't it? 96. So that was. Been 90, 97. So I'm just going I just want to see the 1990, that 1997 draft right quick. I just want to see what the number one was. I know one of them years was a terrible year when it was like Marco Alba Candy. Was the only one Candy was the number one pick in 97? I'm about to see now. Let's see. I, I wouldn't say he was 1998 Southern. Oh, actually, it was. Actually, it was Tim Duncan. Oh, Tim Duncan. Okay, that's a yeah, that's a great yeah, that's a great number one pick, man. That worked out. And T Mac actually got drafted that year too. T Mac. Okay. Oh, and I'm gonna give y'all some. Oh, I'm gonna give y'all some some throwbacks right quick. Number two was Keith Van Horn. Oh shit. Number three was Tashi Billups. And number four is um Antonio Daniels. Yeah, that's you, bro. <laughs> did did y'all yeah. um did y'all see the um the T Mac um versus um Iverson versus like the the versions of that like they had that on um I think it was VR uh, sports or something Bleacher Report. Yeah, um, I saw some of it. Like, I didn't see all of it. I like saw the first probably yeah, about a good twenty five percent of it. I think yeah. versus was better with music. With the rappers, and yeah, stuff, you know? yeah, it makes sense, right? right. I was like, yeah, why that's why I had to stick around for it. Okay. Next, they're gonna have porn star doing ver- doing on verses. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? Now, you know that. Now, you know that's gonna win, right? You know that's gonna win. I don't know who's gonna win. I'm not saying I'd watch, but I'd watch. I don't know who's gonna win. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> whoever's hosting who's gonna that verse, gonna win. <laughs> I don't know who's gonna win, but. I don't know. Whoever's putting it on is gonna win. Hold on, hold on. B, who yeah. would it be? Would it be like what? What? I don't know. Cherokee versus Pinky? I don't know who you're talking about, but um, I wouldn't know who would win. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now uh, you're gonna play to the side. You gonna play to the side now? I don't know who's gonna who would win. So I mean, it probably be a good a good one. I don't know. So yeah, listeners, your your good host B Rillicale is really trying to play. Play all of us to the side right now. I, I just want to let y'all know before before y'all think anything else. My man acting real light skin right now, <laughs> and, and don't let him fool you. Don't let him fool you, man. He know exactly what we talking about and where. If, where if you know, know, you know. If you know, you know. Uh, B, how long? You how long did you get married, bro? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, your mouth, keep your mouth shut. No, you, you yeah. keep your mouth shut. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we talk we talk about we talk about the truth for Coach for, for Coach K, man. You know, that's right. <laughs> yeah, man. That's right. We talking about Coach K right now. So the last done, <laughs> the last done. Ain't talking about Matt Masterpiece um, album either. Don't see yeah, <laughs> right. You know, one of the coolest things about Cameron is. uh They've got the museum. It's attached to uh, Cameron Indoor. So before the game uh, even opens up, you can go into the museum and you can you can walk around. And they've got the national championship trophies. They've got all the titles listed out, all the retired jerseys, all that stuff, which is really cool. But also they've got a whole they got a Coach K corner, right? So there's the game ball from when he got his 1,000th win. There's a whole USA corner, like we were talking about from USA basketball, and it's got some really cool pictures and a couple of uh, replica, like gold medals and stuff too. 
Um, and there was a couple of quotes that were on there too. Um, but like, just, just when you start to read off some of the accolades for coach K over, over the entire career, and you think about just like the Olympics that he won, uh, I mean, even before he was the head coach for team USA, he was also the assistant coach. I mean, that stuff goes back to, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, he goes back to the freaking 1984 Olympic Games in L.A. that he was uh, he was an assistant coach for. I mean, it's it, the just as you start to read through the number of just awards that he's he's had and just the the fact that he's at shit almost 1,200 career wins. Like, it's just crazy. The dude's 75 years old. Yeah, he need to. Enjoy his life <laughs> other than basketball. Go on, like he doesn't look it though. That's to me, yeah, he, he don't for real. I ain't gonna lie to you. He told me 70, what 75? He looked like, and I was about to say, he was a part of that coaching tree with um Bobby Knight, wasn't he? It was like a system fusion <laughs> army. Oh, yeah, I wonder how that went. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he got the good stuff from him. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm surprised none of this stuff rubbed off on him and he went like abusive, abusive to his players. Like, <laughs> Dude, I mean, he ain't he ain't no saint um, himself. Yeah. I, I would never speak <laughs> on my head coach, but uh, if you watch some of that behind-the-scenes stuff on Coach K, that man be cussing the hell out of that team sometimes. I bet, man. All these coaches do yeah. that, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you use them words the right way, you can motivate the hell out of a team. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, he was, uh, he was a point guard at Army um, when Bob Knight was a head coach. Uh, 90, 1966 to 69. Oh, damn. Oh, right. <laughs> it's funny because you think of Bob Knight, I, like I think of Bob Knight and Coach K. I don't think of them as that far apart, um, age-wise. But it's like it's still only six years. Bob Knight's eighty-one. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It seems like he should be older. Talk about Bob Knight, but yeah, that's right. uh, wow. I mean, I was glad to see him. Uh, kind of uh, get back with uh, Indiana and go back finally. He uh, should have. I mean. <laughs> let bygones be got bygones at this point kind of thing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he held it. He had a grip for like a long time. Like, but, yeah. Now, let me ask you this before we move on to the next subject. What do you think about uh, the, um, John Shire? What do you think he's going to do? Beat, beat Hubert Davids' ass. Um, nah. I mean, <laughs> you know, well. it's a it's a testament, right? When you look at Duke with the number one recruiting class coming in next year, of uh, the fact that he's also he's been with the program. He's also on the younger side, right? Because Shire was there recently for those national champion, uh, the yeah. 2015 national championship, and he's been on staff. And I think that just like the mindset and he's done, Coach K did a really good job of bringing him in the last couple of years as the associate head coach and really like building him up that I feel good about Shire. I hated that Jeff Cable didn't get his shot there because Cable waited for so long. I but thought he would have got that. They would have got it. Either him or that guy from um, 
what they do now, Steve or, or Jet or I've got needs to be a market. Steve Rajeski, I think that's his yeah. name. Well, even or, I mean, you got some Duke greats that are that are D one coaches. When you think about like Johnny Dawkins down in yep, uh, yeah. UCF or um, Bobby Hurley at Arizona State, like you got the Coach K tree. It's strong, but Shire's just he's a player's coach. He's real analytical. He's a little nerdy, so it fits with the Duke mindset too, right? So having him there and being able to go into homes over the last year with some of these kids, I think makes it kind of a seamless transition. And honestly, I mean, I think that was one of the hard things for Davis. They did a good job by naming him quickly once Roy said he was out, but at the same time, he didn't get the overlap and it was just like, things are changing real quick. And yeah. Davis was, he's not, he's not an overly vocal guy. He's not a guy that you saw in the media. So you couple that with not having the chance to really like be in and have the, all right, Roy's leaving Davis is coming in. Right. And you didn't have that kind of overlap like you do with John. So I think it's, it's just different. And John's just so much younger that I, it just, it works better. I think so too. Like I said, cause he was, um, he was on the that was a 2010 championship team. I think he was on there when um they played against Butler and Butler at that year. So I think I said he got a little youth into him. So I mean, you know, I can I can see why they kind of kind of did that. I mean, you know, I mean maybe best of luck to them whenever they except when they play for uh when they play UNC. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Shire. He's uh he's 34. Okay. Dang, I thought it was younger than that. I would think he was like 31 or 30, like 32 or so. Yeah, so he's thir- he's 34. So he was the assistant coach on the 2015 National Championship oh, okay. team. Um, and then he was the nat- and then it was a national championship on the 2010 team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he has all the um, he has all the chops, man. Yeah. <clears throat> In fact, he said again, you know, the youth thing, youth factor works into it as well because you need to go ahead and start the new, the new legacy, and you got to go ahead and have those years, like able to establish something after Coach K. So yeah, those are all the plans that that should work is about. I always find it kind of still weird, and I, and I I'm glad you got both of y'all on the show tonight because you know you both have like legendary head head coaches that have not already departed about to depart. So now you're about to jump onto the two new coaches. So to kind of get like, how do y'all feel as fans of the team of the new transition? But like at the legendary coaches, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think it's an identity thing, right? It's like, when you look at Duke, it's, it's one of those things like slapping the floor on defense and some of the traditions of really getting after it and, you got you got some shooter that's just ready to light it up in the corner, right? Like every year, there's a three point just assassin for Duke, and there's just staples. I mean, you look at this year, AJ Griffin is just like I was just about to say that name, that boy right oh, there. When he played dude. Carolina, man, he that man down shot lights out. I'm like, who the hell is this down dude? I was worrying about down um, Palabon Banchero, but I like down this down dude right here. They need down guard down. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing for Duke, right? Like, you've got – when you look at this this year's squad, they're coming on at the right time. Pablo got a lot of press early 
and then started to fade a little bit because key, people started keying on him and the rest of the team hadn't come along. You got Roach and Keels who are solid point guards, right? And they're distributing the ball. But now when you got you got Pablo who can put the ball on the floor and he can shoot, Griffin's out there shooting threes. And then let's not forget about the big seven-footer who's down oh, in the middle. Oh, my goodness. Mark Williams is a man amongst boys at this point. Like, dude's putting up these serious numbers on blocks. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Carolina, Carolina's got that water boy, right? He's he's halfway decent. Uh, which, he does a really good job at filling the water cup. I'm like, which, which, which ones? <laughs> I'm just saying. Like Carolina's thing, thing is like they got no damn depth. They they place when they when they are on, they they good, but when they're not on, they they terrible. Like I like got I said I still hate that um uh, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna bad mouth him right now. Walker Kessler. I'm kind of I'm mad that he loves UNC. But I mean it is what it is. I guess he um went for a, bit, a better pay at Auburn, so you know. Uh, I can say this is what it is. This is something, though, Dane, man, if you don't mind. I just want to just actually give the listeners just a short a short story about why you became a Duke fan. How did you how did you discover, you know, Duke basketball and what made you, you know, stick stick to them or stick with them, you know, the way that you have, you know, these past these past years, man. No, so I, I lived in North Carolina briefly as a as a kid, and uh, I got I got family from North Carolina and you don't live in North Carolina. You don't spend time in North Carolina without picking your allegiance. And I'll, I'll admit that once upon a time, I did have, I did have a UNC hat. I had a UNC hat and I had a Duke visor because uh, my family that sits on both sides of, of the road there were, were trying to sway me. And uh, it was honestly, it was Coach K. And uh, it was going through a couple of things with some basketball camps with him. But then as I, as I got older and I kept following, it was his leadership principles. I've gotten the chance to go to some leadership conferences that coach case spoke at and just starting to follow some of his, his just teachings and principles and the way that he breaks down a game and the way that he sees the game and the way that he can assess talent. And man, it's just been, it's been a force for so long. And there's just something about the atmosphere of Cameron that's always grabbed me. Um, and you can feel it when you see it. It's small. I'm going to hate it when at some point they finally go, all right, we got to expand, right? Like we can't have less than 10,000 seats for forever. But I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's grabbed me um, for, for so long at this point. I, I, I probably can never move up to the ACC at this point in my, uh, my officiating career because my, my Duke ties run pretty deep. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's good. Not a good SEC. One day, one day. Yeah. yeah. So, how did you get into get into refereeing? That's actually a very good segue. Uh, so, I've been, yeah, no, I've been refereeing. I started refereeing at uh, at Southern. Um, I started refereeing basketball uh, intramurals, and there, if you did well intramurals, they'd start to take you on uh, on some some trips to do some tournaments. So, intramurals, and you had your state tournaments and your national tournaments and regional tournaments, and Man, they said, hey, you're doing a good job. We're going to take you to the state tournament. We'll pay for your travel. You'll get paid for the games. And uh, we'll give you some spending money while you're up there. Like, as a college kid, game on, right? Yeah. And then 
you start to you start to do well at the oh, yeah. every year. And it was like, all right, well, if you do well enough at a state tournament, you get to go to a regional. You do well enough at a regional, you get to go to a national tournament. And my junior and senior year, I got to go to the national tournament for club sports and intramurals. I mean, same thing. They were paying for my travel. Um, I actually came out to University of Texas my senior year and was one of the top officials um, at the tournament. So I was the number two ranked official overall. So I got the national championship game. So we're at University of Texas. And then we got North Carolina A&T playing against Nebraska. And you got referees from TCU. And uh, where's that other guy from? Another Midwest school. And obviously I was from Georgia Southern. So you just had all parts of the country. But I mean, through that tournament, I, I got a, I got a nice award that says I'm an all American. So as far as my status goes, right. Like I'm, I'm an all American from college. It's in officiating, but I I've been calling for a long time and I started doing high school then. So doing high school, I'm, I'm in the midst of uh, high school state playoffs right now. And then I also do college. So I call junior college, call D3, some D2 every once in a while and been lucky enough to do some scrimmages at the D1 level. Oh, that's dope as hell. Yeah, it is, man. Like, for real, bro. To me, uh, All-American, but in that style of, refer- of refereeing, I didn't even know that. That's, like, even a thing. But that's dope as hell just to have that, like, that, just to have that, like, decoration. You know what I mean? That's dope as shit. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's, it's the, un- the unsung award, right? Like, uh, sometimes I want to I wanna yell at some fans and be like, what do you mean I don't know what I'm talking about? Look at all these awards I've got. Right. Like, nobody cares. How do you deal with, you know, the, the fans, shoot, the players getting in your face, man, with me, you calling, after you like call a charge or you miss, quote unquote, man, miss, they quote, are unquote, the unsung like, heroes, yeah, how do you deal with that? Or at least what, what goes in your mind at the moment, man? Besides, I, I know you want to like curse somebody out, man, but of course, as a ref, you have to like keep it cool, just pretty much have everything, you know, just roll off your back, man. But, but how do you, you know, what place do you go to in order, you know, to, to just keep things pushing, you know, when, when things start going, you know, out of hand with the fans and the players? You know, I got I got a stressful day job working in corporate America and refereeing is my outlet. Like I, I enjoy it. It's a it's a mental break for me from from work. And so I think some people will tell you that they don't hear anything from the crowd. I definitely do. I just I'm at the point now where I don't care. And what I do is I take the things that I'm hearing, whether it's from a coach or or from the crowd. And I'm like, I start to process it. So when they're like. Oh no, that's a block. That's not a charge. I, I play it back in my mind and I'm thinking about the rule and the lay of the land of what happened in that play. And specifically, because I mean, we don't, we're not hundred percent, right? Like we do make mistakes sometimes, but it's hearing those things and starting to break it down, not to dwell on them, but it's like, wait, did I miss something? Should I have done something? Where else can I go? Was there something I didn't see there? And like using that rather than letting it bother me because the other thing is fans always want their team to have the advantage, right? So mm-hmm. there, there's very few times when you have a block charge play when the team that it's against is like, yeah, you know, he did it. And even if they did, they're like, 
nah, but I don't know if he was there. I don't think he was set, right? And and that's how we feel about our own teams. And so I don't take any of it personally. It's like, I'll have somebody, how do you sleep at night? And I'm like, very well, thank you. Uh, it's the little things, right? Like when you hear over the back. Yeah, you hear people say over the back. Well, I know that in the rule book, there's no such thing as over the back, right? As long as you jump up and you take the ball from someone without displacing them, you can go over their back all you want. And so it's it's understanding those kind of concepts and things like that that you can't take it personally. And and when you got you got thick skin, I, there's very few things that I haven't heard at this point. Um, and and I'm I'm not God's gift to refereeing by any point. I'm still always moving up in my officiating career, but I mean, I, I'm very rarely caught off guard. At this point, I mean, I've been calling basketball for, I don't know, 13, 14 years, been at the college level for five years. And I, I mean, I, I was with UT at the beginning of the season uh, for a scrimmage and spent some time with Chris Beard talking about just like the play and where college basketball is at and some of the points of emphasis for this year. And so like having had those kind of opportunities, little Johnny's mom who thinks that I suck like it just it it doesn't bother me. Little Johnny's gonna go on to be a forklift operator, not a uh, not the next LeBron James, right? And I, there's there's guys that that are in the league now that I've refereed, like Greg Brown, um, Greg Brown who plays for the Trailblazers. I remember him played at Texas. Yeah, played at I Texas remember. for one year. I remember had, him. He had some interesting uh, developmental issues with Shaka Smart and uh, some behavioral things blocked off and. Yeah, it's funny. No, not Shaka. Okay. <laughs> not with Shaka. And Shaka's at what's at Marquette now. Yeah, but it's funny. So Greg Brown actually didn't play in his last regular season high school game because of me, because I threw him out of the game before. He got his second technical from me in a game, so then he had to sit out for his last game. And the crazy thing is, when you talk about some of the attitude stuff. You know how you have like the star power that it gets in these kids so early. The game that he sat out, he spent most of the game with the radio announcer, and he was he was uh, doing the radio program, and he was on the mic. Yeah, that's crazy. I only had him do all that, so. At, and that's also the same night that he got his All American status, right? Like, wow. And it was it was and it was basic, right? It was a basic technical, and I. Remember, that was his second technical. I didn't even give him the first one. Right. So, I mean, there's stuff like that. You see some of these kids, and they don't change, and they've been like that for a long time. And I say all that to say, like, I to say our people, too. Got to humble yourself. Good job. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, when you had said Greg Brown, I'm like, yeah, I definitely remember that dude. He spent that one year. His stock, his stock kind of, he was like a – he was kind of like the um, top ten pick. I think he went like he was like a late first round. I think. Yeah, he dropped. Yeah, he, he dropped, dropped a lot. Of, uh, the issues that he had with Shaka, and yeah. uh, there was a couple of things that got caught on TV where he was he was on the bench at UT, and one time he left and went down the tunnel, and there was an assistant trying to get him back, and he was he wasn't having it. But that was part of the reason why he dropped because he should have been a much higher pick. But that's yeah. also why he didn't stay and come back to increase his status because he knew that with Chris Beard coming in, yeah, that wasn't going to help. But dude still went in the first round. He's still getting 
he's getting solid playing time for the Trailblazers now. Yeah. Yeah. The first round, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a win for me. Yep. Damn, Dane, do you see yourself doing one to do um, NBA? It's it's honestly it's so different, right? When we talk about yeah. like even just like travels, and I, I mean, I know a couple of NBA refs uh, that I like, I legitimately know, and it's the game. It's really just so different, and that's when you really do move into it as a profession and like full-time now there's, I mean, there's D one guys that there's not a lot of times when you're, you're working games during the day, right? There's only so many tournament games that actually get played during the day. Most of those people still have everyday jobs. I mean, Roger Ayers calls 70 something D one games a year. Right. But even still that's October to March. And most of those games are in the evening. So even Roger Ayers, who calls the most games in D1, at least the last couple of years, like he's got a day job. He's doing some other stuff. I, I, I'm not, my aspirations aren't on the NBA side. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to, to continue on my journey and get up to uh, get on a D1 roster. But refereeing it, you don't, you don't, you're not seeing a bunch of guys in their early 30s on TV on on these games, right? And it's it's political. There's a lot to it, and the difference between some of the folks that get 50 games a year and some of those that get 30 games a year, it's pretty small. Mm-hmm. It's a good old boys network and just getting on uh, a roster and getting hired on, it takes a lot. I mean, you got to go, you got to go to camp sometimes multiple years just to get seen, just to get on the roster to even have the opportunity to get assigned games. And like, you can't go too early before you're ready because they'll, they'll cut that real quick, and then all of a sudden they saw you, they're like, oh, no, I've seen Dane before. We're good. So, I mean, I, I haven't gone to any D1 camps at this point, but, I mean, I, I'm right on the cusp. I'm probably in the next two years I'll, I'll start to hit some D1 camps, but, I mean, I'll start with SWAC, MIAC, um, maybe, like, the American, like, some of the, some of the other conferences before I, before I go. I mean, Big 12 camp. SEC camp, they're both pretty close to me. I know guys that go, and I know guys that have screwed themselves up that went too early, and now they're not going to get looks for another 10 years. And that seems aggressive, but that's crazy. That's how it is. You you see some of the same same faces on TV, right? Year after year, those guys get 20 games a year every year. Like, there's not. Yeah, that was that was why we how you pointed out, like, to be looking at the age of the NBA refs, like, they're old, like. It takes a minute to get up in that thing. Yeah, I mean, the the games that you don't see on TV, the shoot, who's at the bottom of the ACC right now? Georgia Tech and like NC State (laughs) are sitting at the bottom of the ACC. Like working those games, you'll have you'll have maybe a crew chief who is working 40, 50 games in the ACC, and then you might have one guy on there who's working like five games a year who's still working a bunch of like a sun games and things like that. So, I mean, it, it, it takes a while. I mean, average age of a college ref is it's probably mid fifties, low, low fifties. Yeah. That's crazy, man. <laughs> Sound about right, man. Sure. We, we, we were talking, man. I kept thinking of guys like, you know, like Joey Crawford, 
or even like with Dick Pavetta or something like that. And guys who've been in it for, like I said, man, basically can get a pension. Yeah. The NBA they've been doing it for so so long, man. So it, it makes sense now. Like I said, that you definitely that's definitely an argument, Dane. If you just said that. Yeah, I mean it's its own crazy industry and political and who you know, whose ass you'll kiss, what are you willing to do? I mean, even with what I, I do at the JUCO level and at the D3 level, like man, I, I've been on some road trips where I gotta drive six hours for a game, right? Because they ain't paying for travel at the JUCO level, but it's like, how bad do you want this? Are you willing to go? Like, and we're not talking like these games are always on a Saturday. I made six and a half hour road trips one way on a Thursday night for a game. I did it just a couple weeks ago. And that's just to like prove myself and be like, yeah, no, I, I have the job. I can do it. I can, I can make this happen. And it ain't like I'm making money on that trip. Like when you, when you do it all together, like you're losing money, but you gained an opportunity. Right. So me doing that opens up other doors <clears throat> and, like my original schedule this year that I got versus the number of games I ended up with because of my flexibility that changed. And because I was willing, I mean, and I, also I did a good job, right? You can't also screw up games, but every single one of my Juco games, every single one of my D3 games, D2 games filmed. And that film is up and it's loaded for any of my, my signers to see any of the coaches to see, Man, I had coaches call in one play from a game, right? You're talking an entire game, and they'll call your assigner, and it's like tattletale. They'll tell on you about one play and say, I don't want this guy on my games ever again. And that's the kind – I mean, that's the kind of shit that you really – you go through. I mean, and we have – height. you get down to the high school level, and those guys don't even know nearly the same amount, right? But – High school coaches will scratch officials. No, this guy, no, can't come back here. Screws me over, right? And when you get a reputation for stuff like that, and then all of a sudden, you don't get good games anymore. You don't get opportunities. You don't get to go do state tournaments and things like that. We got a guy who's, he's known for having a quick trigger on technicals. Coaches in our area know it. And when they see him coming in, they're like, oh, there he is. Dude's got a short temper. He's going to give you a tech. Right. And that stuff like sticks with him. But like that guy, he's been in refereeing a long time. He's in his mid 30s, decent play caller. But that guy got two playoff games this year. That's it. He ain't working any late tournament games. And that's in high school. So now when you start to move up and you want to talk about like minuscule stuff like mechanics, dude, it's it's another level. Yeah, it's crazy. I would like I said, I would never known about about that, man. Like, like I said, just thank you for that for the information yeah. for real. Like, dang. Yeah, at all. It's a whole it's a whole different uh, dimension I'm looking at it now. Like, like for real. Like, damn. Like, I'll leave, like I'll moving leave into this. I'll leave you with one one last thing. So I refereed a private school state tournament, semifinal game. Winners going to the state championship for the private school. I had four formal, formal uh, evaluations where they wrote up evaluations. One guy sat there and he charted 
every time we blew our whistle. Not just fouls, every time we blew our whistle. So that's violations, that's out of bounds, and they're writing it down. And then they're giving us a rating and giving us feedback. Like the number of times that we go through feedback and stuff like that, after the game, came into the locker room, sat down, hey, how'd you guys feel the game went, and then goes through. All right, with uh, 12 minutes left in the, in the first half, what did you have here, right? And you start to really break down the play. And it's like, we had a partner who had two fouls in the entire first half of a game. I called eight. My other partner called 10. This guy called two, right? Now, was he missing stuff? Or was it just not in his area and it's not in front of him? You start to break down like coverages. And then that's when you really start to break down the game, right? So it's it's watching film. I do film breakdown and positioning and all that kind of stuff. But you go back to like those evaluations and like those breakdowns and you talk about like the two-minute report in the NBA, they might only release the two-minute report, but understand that those guys get a report of that entire game every time they blew their whistle, everything that they might have screwed up, inbounding the ball. Did they bring the ball back in at the exact spot that it was supposed to? Did the crew switch places because this guy was at the top of the key and now he was at the baseline when it came out of timeout? Like that's the kind of stuff that matters as you move up and they look at, and that's not, that's, that's before you even talk about like the difference between putting your hand at a 90 degree angle versus an 87 degree angle. So it's, it's just crazy, man. And, and it's a, it's a whole nother thing. And when you talk about like, why do it? Dude, because there's there's always so much more. And that's how I can separate it, right? Because there's so many things that I got to think about. I promise you, I can't worry about work when I'm my, my day job, when I'm, I'm out there on the court. And I got to deal with fans. Man, good to go. Let's do it. Yeah, that's dope as hell. That's, that's, still- really some, that's, that's really some good insight. Like, moving forward, when I'm watching these games and stuff, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I can look at it in that perspective. So I feel like, you got like the key, the code, like to really watch games. You know what I'm saying? That's cool as shit. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. I I appreciate it though. I appreciate the the question and being able to share some some referee insights. But I'll also say that, like any profession, there there definitely some that suck, right? And there's some that are better than others. Yeah. Well, well speaking though, well speaking of suck, man. Um. Talk about this um pinhead of the week going to the ML the MLB from that recent um an agreement with the um the players of the uh, MLB Players Association. So um forcing them into um in a series being canceled, man. Like it looks like they're not gonna the get first the first two series. Yeah. Yep, the first two series at least. And the bad thing is, and then it doesn't look like we're going to we're gonna have a deal anytime soon, so B- buckle up, everybody. We might be in for a long ride on this one. Right. Yeah, I hate when stuff like that happens, man. I really yeah. don't. I really don't like that. You know, I like how it takes the wind out the sail of like people wanting to go watch baseball and stuff. Like, it's just you know, it's a bummer. Yeah, like I said, there ain't gonna be no base any baseball, man. Might be like a bench, be bench watching stuff over the. Over the summertime, you know, dude, I started thinking about the replacements movie. I mean, we're just so far off with both sides at this point. I mean, the stuff that we're talking about at this point between 
number of games, number of teams in the playoffs, looking at trying to put um, a limit on how many pitchers that you can use in a game. And like we're, we're all over the place on what, what we're looking at. And that's before we even start talking about the money aspect. Of money. It. Yeah. That's pretty nice. <laughs> wow. It's a, uh... It's, it's definitely we we all know that that it's a mess, but unfortunately, it's a mess that 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 could definitely have been avoided. Because again, let's just let's just all keep it real, man. We have a bunch. Of course, you know when when there's a pissing contest between a bunch of billionaires and millionaires, there's only one side that really loses, and, and that's the and, and that's the fans and the folks who are actually paying paying the tickets, you know, for these games, but. But again, though, like I said, I mean, for anybody who's looking, who's looking at it from the side of, you know, we got a bunch of mega rich folks, you know, nobody wants to, you know, cry for the, for the players. They're making a whole bunch of money, boo-hoo. But just look at it like this. Nobody wants to be underappreciated at their job. And nobody, nobody wants to do work in which they're not being compensated rightly for. I mean, again, these guys get paid what they are because this is what's being collectively bargained. I mean, it, it is what it is. These are some of you know the, the the greatest players at what they do in the world. So again, again, I'm not just looking at the fact that you know somebody could be having a particular three hundred million dollar contract. It's just the fact that you know the people who are paying them are finding ways to cut corners not to. But that's a bad that's a bad thing about it, man. We got revenues, even when the sport is is you know becoming less relevant. Now, or at least still trying to find find a way, you know, to still find a foothold with current audiences. The game, they're still making money. I mean, like I told you all before we got on, I just came back from, you know, the battery, Truist Park, the Braves, the, yeah, the Braves in the ballpark. And the Braves announced last week that they made $598 million last year. $598 million. So that includes everything, you know, they made, you know, the playoff run, the World Series run. Not to tell you for a fact, because I was out there for Game Six when they beat the Dodgers in the NLCS. Them motherfuckers made money. Them motherfuckers made money. <laughs> so don't let anybody else tell y'all otherwise, though. But the crazy thing is, because I was listening to Chuckery for those who you know in the Atlanta area, Chuckery, one of the local, you know, one of the local sports personalities, and he he said it correctly. Unfortunately, that money that the Braves made. I'm going to go to the payroll because, again, they won the World Series. And that's a double-edged sword with winning the World Series. They won without their best player playing. And they and all the players who gave big contributions were guys that they basically got off the bargain bin, for lack of a you know, better term. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jorge Soler was an absolute beast. And thank God we were able to pick him up, you know, while we could. And basically, you know, we're able to, to get a whole new outfield on the cheap. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I definitely, you know, said, said love him, said Adam Duvall, all the boys said that Rosario, the boys, the boys beasted. The boys came through, you know, when we needed to. But at the same time, because we got them by playing, you know, bean ball, that's, you know, so famously, you know, made famous by, you know, Billy Bean over in Oakland, because we basically did it. And that's what Liberty Media has done since they purchased the Braves with Tan Turner. It's, that's all they do, you know, with just they don't give the money. Yeah, they don't pay people because we all know. Again, going back, they said, "Damn, you know." So now Acuna 
and Akuya and Albies got the Google ass deals a couple of years ago because because you know Liberty Media are a bunch of crabs, and that's pretty much what the what the you know owners is basically you know they're trying to still crab their way and still trying to get over because they don't want because they don't want to pay again. Baseball payroll is going down while these revenues are going up. Baseball payrolls are going down the past four seasons. Okay, so again, what, what are we actually doing out here, man? And it just and to tie it back to the Braves, and I'm just you know leave it at this because again, I could go to, I could go for a whole whole you know I could go for a whole podcast on this subject though, and this is what really makes the Freddie Freeman negotiations you know so so angry, so make me so angry at the fact because you know. Freddie looking for one last contract shouldn't be this. It shouldn't be this hard to try to get get Freddie a contract. And like I told y'all before, it's instead of just looking at the fact. I mean, like with all sports, you don't want to you know pay for somebody who because we you know Father Time, Father Time, you know always wins. Tom Brady recognized that when he decided to retire. You know, early last month, Father Time catches up with all of us, and eventually, skills diminish, and you're not going to be as great as you were back. You know, during your prime years, but some some cases, you know, you're just going to have to look at it and realize that not all players should be, you know, in the same boat. And you talk about somebody like Freddie Freeman, who was he was here doing the. In fact, he was here what what two. I don't even think John Campanella was the one who actually, I want to say what, was it John Hart was the one who who drafted him back when he was a GM? I think he was the one who was drafted. So he went through three, he paid through, you know, three regimes, you know, as GM. He was here through the rebuild. He was steady hand back when the Braves were selling everybody, you know, getting rid of Jason Hayward, getting rid of the Upton brothers. They he was still here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He was a steady hand through all of that, and we're we are actually you know worried about somebody who said who's you know going to have a diminished again. He's only thirty two years old. Are you just thinking about him? You know, having a diminished skill set six years from now. Is that why we really holding this deal up? Because we don't think that thirty eight year old Freddie is going to be the same as thirty two year old Freddie. I mean, I just think it just is a bad message. You know, somebody who has arguably, arguably been the face of Atlanta sports because y'all niggas never embraced Matt Ryan. Let's just keep it real. So Freddie Freeman arguably been the face of Atlanta sports. And and, 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 and he just can't get a – we can't – this is to at least show that, you know what, we take care of our own. Freddie, yeah. you, you got through some of the darkest periods of, of, of Braves, you know, of, of Braves, you know, baseball since the mid-80s. Thank you. This, we're going to make sure this is going to be your last contract. You don't have to worry about anything. We got you. And this is the thank you for all that you've done. But, again, man, like I said, again, billionaires trying to be crabs out here. It's just, again, this, this is a sad day. It's just a sad day, sad day all around because, again, I'm – I like baseball. I grew up playing. <laughs> I grew up playing the sport. Uh, again, I've, I was a Braves fan before I was a Falcons fan or, or, or even a Hawks fan. So I've been a long-time Braves fan. 
And just to see, you know, the sport where it is now. But don't forget, the sport also canceled the World Series back in 1994. And they had to take, you know, and had to take a juiced up Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa just to get baseball (laughs) back on the map. Right. That was the crazy part. Cancel the World Series, people. Don't forget this. For the listeners who are listening for the first time and just, you know, hearing about, you know, the the nasty, the nastiness that comes, you know, with these labor negotiations that we've seen in baseball, they canceled the World Series back in 94. And 94 was also another year where the Braves actually were actually a good chance to actually win win a World Series. But, again, if if this is how they're going to go down, Boy, this is this this is this is a sad. This is the definition of going outside out here. Right. Of course, you know, yeah. Rob, Rob Manfred, I think, is part of the worst commissioner out of all the major sports. He's he keeps he keeps proving time and time again that this dude ain't about shit. He does associate he with negativity every time his name is brought up. Like, uh, I don't know about that. It's the name hey, sound. Every bad, time, like, every time it goes up, because because I remember it. When we won the World Series on Houston's field, and he was giving away the Commissioner's Trophy, everybody booed that motherfucker. As they should. Everybody booed booed his ass. Because again, this is the guy. He sound like a villain, like man. Like he just sound like something bad. Like just he just looks like he's just not doing a good job, a good enough job of you know what I'm saying, getting stuff taken care of. I feel like he dropped the ball on COVID. I feel like you know what I'm saying. He just preparing for this, uh, this the CEA just trying to get like to get back in renegotiation, man. I feel like he just dropped the ball on that too, and like and going back and forth with people trying to um trying to un- like not change the game, but like trying to see what they can do to make it more hip and more younger or whatever, whatever. Like with some of the rule changes and stuff they were doing, so it was like he was doing he was he's really the definition of doing too much at one time. And then, like, like now for it to be like you know, the negotiation breaks down like that, and you missing these games, it's going to be like weird. And I hate for it to be on the Braves' terms, or like you know, you want to see that opening thing with the Braves in the championship. So, yeah. wow, it's really sad though, right? When you think about just the state, right? The state of baseball, the state of what is the Atlanta Braves. It's like. I almost feel like we're being cheated on being able to even celebrate in so many exactly. ways. That's exactly yes. what I was saying, man. Like, so, dang, who knows, like, guys, who knows how long it's going to be before that red, that, that, that red, you know, pennant gets, gets, we see that red pennant gets put up in truest. Yeah, We don't man. even know now. <laughs> it, that's weird. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is something that, that really wants to, it's, it's needed for the state of Georgia right now, right? It's like, it's just something like, uh, well, I guess the the ripple effect happened, you know, then further on with, with with UGA, but still, like, this is something that is like should be like more of the it, it should be getting more of um, attention instead of like anything else because this is a you know a national championship. Well, how many how many how many folks on the roster? Seriously, like, whenever we finally get back to baseball, we get this shit cleared up. How many guys on the roster from? Our world champion Braves are still going to be on the roster. Like it's crazy. It's going to look. It's going to look like the damn Lakers after their championship when <laughs> what, three dudes on the roster got rings because the rest of those cats were all new. Right. Basically. 
Right. And, and in fact, I, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if any of y'all knew. I know me and B talked about it off, you know, off pod before. But right now, again, after what I just said, the possibility of us possibly bringing Freddie back. Some, I think some some people, depending on who you ask, I think it's almost like 50-50. And like I said, depending on how optimistic you are, I think as a person that's in, in these agreements, and, and you know, how you think these agreements are finally going to turn out. If it's somebody who thinks that, you know, they're finally going to find a way to get it done. Or if it's somebody, you know, like me, who've seen how Liberty Media has gotten down these past few years and, you know, they never want to pay anybody. So you're like, again, what side of y'all on? Do y'all think they bring Freddie back? Because I think, you know, I think maybe if you were like to give betting odds, I think there's probably like a 51% chance, maybe 51 52% chance that he might not be on the roster. You might have a, mm-hmm. you might have a new first baseman come opening day. I think he comes back. I think they figure out a way to kind of work out the thing, kind of like you know. I hope so. Like probably, probably pay him. You know, just like kind of thank him. You know, like you know, just give him that. Hey, look, you know, thank you for being here doing these times. Like you know, like like you said, Reggie's like I'm gonna take care of you. So hopefully, but I mean, that's not how it works in the money game either, though. So like, if you're gonna be able to pay him, are you gonna be able to get these other players on the team too? And you know. It's, it's going to be that's 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 when we were on the boys that play with the numbers. That's going to be their job. So you know this is where they get paid the big bucks for. So let's see what they can do to kind of you know manage to get a team and keep it. Honestly, it may the lockout and and I I, I want to find some sort of silver lining here, but the lockout might actually help the Freddie deal, right? Because mm-hmm. less money that you'll have to look at for this year, and if Freddie's willing to take less this year to get to lock it up and do a shorter term deal, then shit, you might get in a position where it helps you with negotiations for Freddie to at least get you back this year and then see where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Well, I said Freddie, like I said, and and the other guys we got on this one, you dear Solaire, Rosario. Won't be back. I, I definitely don't think Jock's coming back. I think Jock, Jock didn't Jock didn't exercise the option, man. So I think Jock Jock's gone. Yeah, else else shine somewhere else. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 Jock Jock is that's too. Funny, no doubt, man. no doubt. But yeah, but 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 that's a, that's a great point, Dane. What who who is going to be who's going to be on the you know the final rosters by the time we have opening day comes around? That's that's definitely going to be an interesting story to continue to to continue to pay attention to. You want to know what I want to know? How does freaking Acuna feel? Ooh, like good ass question. Like yes. dude, dude picks up, dude picks up a World Series ring because he was on the roster. Yeah, he was there the first time. He was injured, right? And like um, he was having MVP season. I think he yes, he was. He definitely he was really on that one too. That's the funny thing. Now, but, uh, now that Duke Marcel is yeah, he don't get he don't he don't need one. So <laughs> you know he's got to feel some type of way about them winning the pennant with him being out though. Like he's happy for his boys, but in the back of his mind, he's sitting there like, "Hey, right, no I want to do, do it this time." That's that's motivation yeah. right there. So get us another yeah. one. that thing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this. 
interesting, interesting thing to, you know, to continue to look at as well. But, ooh. Yeah, like I said, uh, the Braves are going to be uh, – hey, the Braves aren't going to be short of stories come come the 2022 season, whenever, whenever it starts. Right. <laughs> We'll say this though, is it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole lot but I mean it's just gonna be more it's gonna be more active and lit at the battery and and true stadium now, you know, because it's they're the, they're the world champ Braves now. So I expect that that field to be full every game for the most part. Yes indeed. Um, opening day for opening day at Truist is gonna be a circus. <clears throat> Man. It's gonna be a whole different level. Yes it is. Day yeah. True, it's going to be a whole be a whole circus. And in fact, I actually think that we actually host the Astros in a series in August, so that should be that, that should is. be fun. They can't cheat themselves a win either. <laughs> I'm still I'm still gonna hold that against them. I don't even care. <laughs> can do it. They certainly can do it in November. They sure could. They definitely couldn't do it. I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been a been a good show, man. About to come. Hey, that's got to come to an end. With that being said, y'all boys got the shout outs before we wrap this thing up. You know what? I'll uh, I'll kick us off. I'll give a shout out to uh, to my boys in the stripes. Shout out to the referees out there working hard. Oh yeah, love it. Yeah. Y'all are real MVPs for real. Like I go. said, if that would have been me, like someone disrespect me, or I'd have went out there with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. I'm sorry. I won't be sending a referral form to you to uh to hey, I, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't for <laughs> real. I quit in the middle of the game. What the hell you just say? Yeah, I can't do this anymore. Y'all gotta find some more referees, <laughs> man. This man ain't finna be calling me out my name. <laughs> that might be worth watching, though, man. I like, I like, I like yeah, be better with this man's ass, y'all. You come check this shit out. Yeah, and he won, too. That's the thing about it. I don't think people understand. Be would yeah. absolutely go out this star. Hey. World star. Right. World star. <laughs> yeah, for real. But, no, man, but I definitely give a shout out, first of all, man, to our guest, man. Thank you once again, Dane. The D ref for coming on, man, and blessing us with the knowledge, man. We definitely appreciate your time and just giving people, you know, a better insight of what y'all do, man. Because again, the referees are like easy scapegoats for for everything that goes on in the games. And like I said, again, it's always good, you know. We we, we try to put, you know, we try to give a different different perspective on this show, and you know, the from the refs, the refs, you know, at vantage point is definitely you no know, one that. That, that we didn't expect when B said that he wanted to bring you on, man. That was definitely, you know, something very, very interesting, you know, that we could definitely share share with our audience. So, man, so, so thank you for definitely, you know, coming on and, and blessing us with that, man. And thank you to our other co-host, as always, B. Willingham, the founder of our great podcast, man, my boy, King Leon. He's definitely going to, you know, get get his, you know, Batman on tomorrow, man. It definitely came out with gold, man. Like I said, I'm going to try to see that movie either Friday or Saturday, man. So definitely let me know how how, how that bad boy goes down, man. Ooh, man. That's, 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 two, that's two things. Good transition. And second, man. And also, 
Oh yeah, and also, and also, you know, and also, you know, just shout out to shout out to our listeners as always, man. So we always appreciate the feedback, man. Continue to just let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like, man. But just keep it funky with us, man. We we definitely, you know, we, we'll definitely take the praise and we take the criticism, you know, all, all equally. So we we look to we look to do better. And as long as you know y- y'all y'all keep giving us the honest feedback, man, we're definitely going to keep continue, you know, to improve the show to make the make it the best it could be. And not only that, man, to close out my shouts, man, I also want to give a shout out to you know Paige Buckets for coming back for UConn. And not only that, man, since she since she you know has been been gone, man, and somebody else would be paid attention to is Caitlin Clark from Iowa, man. So that girl has been. Girls been fooling out here, man. Shoot, shooting, you know, half court threes on y'all. I, mean, I thought Steph Curry was the only one who could do that shit, man. But nah, man. Caitlin said, "Hold my beer." something, man. So shout out to her, man. She's she, she, she she's been she's been killing it out here, y'all. She's she has been worth the price of admission, man. So let me shout out to her. And as always, thank you all. Thank you all for the listen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Definitely shout out to B. Willingham for first rounders, of course. You know what I'm saying? This is the the, the coolest co- the coolest podcast is out right now, man. That's why I feel like it. Um, and definitely shout out to you, Dane, for AKA D. Ralph. You know what I'm saying for for coming coming in for the show, bro, and giving a um a perspective, like inside perspective, but just like the game itself, especially with refereeing in college basketball. So it's, like I said earlier in the podcast, when I'm looking at the games from now on, I'm definitely going to kind of see it in that, like, different type of route, like, on some Matrix-type stuff. Like, damn, I'm seeing the code now. Like, all right, cool. Like, so definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely shout out. Definitely shout out. Matrix the red pill. No, I don't got out of the Matrix, dog. But, yeah, I appreciate you for coming on, bro. Definitely. Of course, Reggie Red. You know what I'm saying? Reggie Real, let's go, man. I'm glad we was um, able to come on tonight to, to have this cool conversation, man. So special special shout out to T Rivers, Specialist Rivers, who will be back soon. So hopefully we did a good job holding it down without him here. Uh, I think we did an excellent job for sure, for sure. And shout out to the listeners for sure, the, um, the co- contributors to the Facebook group, of course. Definitely um continue putting out your information and suggestions or anything like that for a future episode that'd be dope as hell and oh uh, yeah definitely shout out to the batman dog the riddler he's gonna be he's gonna be showing out tomorrow so i'm with y'all i heard it's far different i heard that performance is far different from that movie b i bet <laughs> you heard it is far different yeah i would say this have any of y'all seen that movie prisoners with Hugh Jackman and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman plays his uh, father, looking yeah. for his child, and he was going through yeah. all this whole. Yeah. So, like the uh, the bad guy in that movie, he's playing the Riddler. Um, yeah, Paul Dano. Yeah, and so they say he goes, is on some seven meat superhero type stuff. So that's cool. I'm down for it. So yeah, definitely shout out to definitely shout out for that and to the first rounds podcast, man. We here. Yes, yes, we here. And I'm too. I want to give a shout out to Dane, man. Appreciate you coming out, man. I mean, 
even though you're a Duke fan, you are you always been all right with me, man. You know, not, hey, not all Duke fans are bad people. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say, man. But but yeah, this shout out to all my listeners, man. We got some stuff going on. Trying, we working on. I'm working on right now trying to get on Anchor, but. Until then, you can always check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, you know, YouTube, um, MySpace. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm Top five, top five man. Yeah, and we still look for sponsors, too. So, you know, if you got a business out there, you... You looking for we open business. We open for business, man. And let's let's try to holler at the last dog and stuff, man. See if we can get Master P on him. Right. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and like I said, and um before I let go, like after a month, after being out of a month, Specialist Rivers will make his return. I repeat, Specialist Rivers will be back next week. He has he has no more vacation days left, no more comp time, so well, they say. Still like a WWE, this still like a WWE uh, promotion, <laughs> right? right. Hey, we gotta make, we gotta make sure you keep coming back from vacation. We actually, yeah, we definitely been been making them, you know, go too long, right? Too long for us, man. We definitely yep. calling the back. We calling the back in like officers calling everybody in from work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Down with PTO time, baby. Yeah, got no more sick leave either. Come on in to work, my guy. <laughs> Sure. And I'm gonna leave this one, and what had this little um I'm gonna do this one more uh, one more quote before I leave from uh good old anchor man about Coach K. I pure I pure straight hate dude, but damn it, I do respect Coach K. <laughs> well said. And on that note, we out of here. Peace. Appreciate it, y'all. Next time, fellas. Meditate, sell the things that I cannot change Like I never sell my ass or my soul for fame I'm so player, pimp tight, real kosher I'm devil near, don't need no deal or exposure